Hello and welcome to the Locust and Honey Podcast. We are two Reformed Southern Baptists who desire to speak the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. We are also proud members of the Bar Network. Today is episode 19. Join us as we discuss Judge Not. If you would like to support our growing podcast, you can do so several ways. One, you can leave us a comment and share our podcast on your social media. Two, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And three, you can follow the link in our show notes to find all of the other ways that you can support us and connect with us. But if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. By no means. For then how could God judge the world? But if through my lie, God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come? As some people slanderously charged us with saying, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we Jews any better off? Not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jew and Greek, are under sin, as it is written. No one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their path, the ruins lay ruins and misery. In the way of peace, they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by His blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Well, hello and welcome back to the Locust and Honey podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Andrew. And today is, like we said, episode 19. It is. Is it Nasty be, 19. Is this going to be a good one? I think so. Yeah, I'm excited about yeah. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we say the same thing every time. Yeah. But each time I'm literally excited. We are so. genuinely excited about every genuinely single episode. excited. More than the last. Um, I will explain this episode in just a second. Okay. We'll judge not. But before we get into that, Andrew... What are your affirmations and denials today? All right. Well, this week, I will start with my affirmation. I would affirm my wife, Emma, and I getting out of the housing market because we found a house and we bought it and we close on it soon. And uh, if if anyone listening is trying to buy a house right now or has had to deal with this market that we're in right now, is difficult to deal with. So fun. Yeah, definitely a seller's market to the point, though, that sellers are not even wanting to sell because they don't want to be buyers. (laughs) Right. So it's it's insane. Every real estate agent that we hear about talking about it and our real estate agent, they all are like, we've never seen it like this before. So, um, so yeah, we're blessed. We it's been cool to see the Lord work through just everything from us getting finishing up our lease to you know with our apartment that we're at now to um, just everything having to do with getting the house uh, yeah. 
you know, to the closing date and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's been good. That's an, that is a big affirmation. Nice. Yeah. All right. So what are you denying? So my denial is a little bit, I guess, uh, you can say deeper. I don't know. Um, so I am denying the sometimes unhealthy relationship between evangelical Christians and the Republican Party as a whole. I expound. Okay. So out of the two, well, I mean, out of the two, you know, dominant parties today, the Republican Party is definitely, you know, the one that I would say aligns more with Scripture at the moment. Um, However, we have a situation uh, where... Okay, so what happened that made me think of this was Fox News hired Caitlyn Jenner to be a part of Fox News because he, she, whatever you want to call, is conservative. All right. Okay. So then you have to ask the question, what exactly are we conserving? Are we on the same are we on the same page to what we want to conserve? Now, if we're talking about economics, I would say yes. If we're talking about the role of government and people's lives right now, I would say yes, for the most part. I know there are some Republicans out there that I wouldn't necessarily align with with that either. But I think that what has happened is you've the lines between the Bible and what Scripture actually calls for and politics on the Republican side have become blurred. Now, on the left, it's just, it's a hard line because there are things that are just absolutely blatantly against Scripture that the left is pulling going for, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that on the right, it's become a little bit blurred. So you've got this, uh, I don't know, you've got this kind of mix mix up between, I think, a lot of evangelicals and the Republican Party and the Republican Party kind of sees evangelicals as like, their people, right? Um, or at least people they want voting for them. Right. Yeah. And and so it's like, I don't want to get, you know, I think, I think at some point we've got to ask ourselves, okay, as conservatives, what are we conserving? Um, what exactly do we want to preserve about society? Um, like, are we trying to align with scripture or are we just disagreeing with the Democrats? Right. Um, so that's kind of my, that's a raw thought. So I haven't really completely worked through that, but that's kind of my denial. And that's what I, that's my first initial thought with that bit of news that came. And I think it kind of ties into our last episode. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that, go and check it out. But that's kind of what we're talking about is we, believe from scripture that transformed Christians are the ones that will transform this anti-Christian culture. Mm -hmm. It's not popular conservatives, you know, or politicians or whatever the case may be your Mm -hmm. favorite musician or movie star or insert famous person here. Right. The people that are going to transform the culture are believers that have been transformed by the gospel. You know, and Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I I agree. I affirm your affirmation. I I affirm Affirm the denial. I affirm your denial. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's uh, like I said, I think we kind of covered that, though, in the last Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. Um, I think what we said there applies to Fox hiring Caitlin. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. All right. My affirmation. I am going to affirm my special guest that's here with us today. Can you say hello? Hello. Tell them who you are. Elijah. And who are you to me? Mm, His son. I got my son in the studio today. You excited to be here? Mm Mm-hmm. He did a lot of work around the house to be able to get to come and sit in and listen. (laughs) to me and Uncle Andrew recording today's ep- episode. So, 
I want to affirm Elijah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I am going to deny taking a week off from working out. <laughs> yeah. So this past week has been spring break, and we've been doing some fishing. We've been doing some hiking. We've been doing a, a several different things outdoors, and our allergies have all gone haywire this <laughs> week. And so um, this week, with everything that's been going on, not been to the gym. Have you? Uh, yeah, I've been oh, once or twice. Talk to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when we go tomorrow at 5.30 in the morning, I'm going to be beating myself back into shape. But I saw a thing that said, uh, I, I don't know, I just, it's randomly came to my head. I saw it yesterday on social media, so I don't know how truthful it is, but it said that it takes your muscles like three weeks of not working out for you to actually lose muscle. So, but yeah. it takes like a week for you to lose muscular endurance. I was going to say, it's not the muscle that loss that I'm worried about. It's how bad I'm going to hate it yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And so I know when we're in there, I'm going to hate it. And I'm also starting three days a week of cardio. Uh, so specific cardio workouts, not just what we've been doing, but adding cardio into that. Um, Cause I want to, I want us to sign up for a 10 K. Okay. We had done it before, but I want us to do that. And yeah, so that'll be, um, it'll be fun, but I'm not going to like it this week. <laughs> <laughs> My body's not going to like it. So I deny the week I took off. I haven't ate bad, eaten, I have not eaten bad, but it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. All right. So today's <laughs> episode Judge not. Judge not. Let me, uh, I'll kick it off. There you go. So there is a podcast that I listen to pretty regularly called Three of Seven Podcasts. And Chad, uh, I feel like he's, I feel like he's a friend of mine, even though I've never met him. Um, he lives in the same state as us though, but he was a Navy SEAL and I guess he still is a Navy SEAL, but he's out of the military now. And, um, and he started the Three of Seven project. I found him a couple years ago on another guy's podcast, and uh, and that podcast was so. Have you seen the Lone Survivor? Mm -hmm. So that guy has a podcast, and I've been following him, followed him for a long time. But I heard Chad on his podcast, and Chad was talking about endurance running, which is he does endurance running but he was talking about the gospel and um and it wasn't just this flaky you know yeah i'm a christian but he was given a gospel presentation he was just you know he sounded like a a, a guy that i would get along well with you mm -hmm. know so um started following him and then uh then he started doing this podcast and he's got the three of seven project that that he does they do training courses up in North Georgia and different things. And so I, I've liked Chad and uh, the whole three of seven uh, project people. Um, I've been following them for several years now, and it's been encouraging to me. Uh, I was in First Ranger Battalion, and, and so there's not a whole lot of guys that are in the um, – kind of the special operations community that are just out there preaching the gospel mm -hmm. regularly. And so when I hear people like him or John Lavelle, which is with um, Warrior Poet Society, um, when I hear those kind of guys, I'm, I'm drawn to them and I, I follow them and all of that. But um, so the other day I was listening to an episode. Uh, it was episode 199 called Take the Plank Out of Your Own Eye. And I talked to Andrew and I had him listen to that episode and I wanted to kind of just do a, a response to it. And so a lot of what we do is us 
speaking the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. Today's more of an in-house discussion. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I love Chad. I love what they've got going on. Uh, I would consider them brothers and sisters in Christ over there. And um, so I, I, I don't want to say that uh, I, I disagree with what they're saying, but there's some things that I wanted to just kind of have a conversation about. And so I don't know Chad specifically, so I can't just call him up and say, hey, let's talk about this. So I wanted to do a, a response with our podcast, and uh, I hope that they get to hear it. And um, I, I hope that if they do hear it, that they don't think that we're criticizing or coming down on them. But it is genuinely us wanting to spark a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Um Because while there was a lot of things that they said that I agreed wholeheartedly with, there are some things that they said that, um, that I just want to talk about. So, um, so you listen to it Mm -hmm. and, um, me and you are kind of on the same page. So let's, let's talk about the, not, we're not going to do like a, just word for word, go through critique the whole podcast. Because like I said, I love them. I love what they're doing. I, I think that they're needed. Um, but there were three points that I wanted to talk about in it. And so let's just talk about the three points and uh, and see where this episode goes. Right. So point number one that I've got is judge not, which is the name of our episode. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Judge not lest you be judged. I've heard that uh, several times Um lots of times quoted to me. I had a conversation with a girl, um, recently that grew up in church and is now, um, not active in church. And, um, actually she would, uh, identify as a lesbian now. And we were talking not too long ago and she said, you know, um, you are not called to judge me. You're called to love me. And, um, and, and so me and her kind of had a conversation about that, but what are your thoughts when you hear judge, not lest you be judged? Um, what does that mean? Um, so when I think, uh, or when, when I hear it often said, judge, not lest you be judged, what it usually is, um, well, when it is said to somebody, you know, judge not lest you be judged, typically the situation is someone is trying to call someone either to repentance or trying to rebuke someone of something. And a lot of times a person who is being called to repentance will quote that scripture and say, well, judge not lest you be judged. Okay. Now, um, I would say that what that is more so referring to is the fact that we cannot judge necessarily like we don't have the power to completely see someone's heart right right um and that was part of what the of their podcast that i would affirm right we can't know someone's heart um so therefore we can't eternally condemn a person because we don't have the power to we don't have the authority to we can't yeah you know um now with that being said, as far as judgments go in a in a different sense, you can't you can't live life without making judgments, right? I walked out of the house this morning and I judged that it was cold outside, so I had to wear a jacket. You know? <laughs> it wasn't. It, it was, was freezing, bro. It was not it cold. was cold. I judged that it was not cold. Oh well. It felt nice out. Well, see, that's why we can't condemn people, so we don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> but you can't go through life without making judgments. Um, okay. And I would say that, well, one scripture that comes to mind with that is, you know, the where it says you'll know them by their fruits, right? Okay. Um, well, that's talking about we are looking at people. We can tell a Christian's a Christian by their fruits. We can tell a non-believer is a non-believer by their fruits. That is judging them, right? Okay. Because we are judging whether or not they are bearing fruit. Is that um, judging them though? Or is that assessing? Well, I guess uh, between those two, it would line more with assessing. Okay. But you are making a, well, there's a fine line there. So there's assessing. Okay. <laughs> so we are not the judge, right? So right. we can't, 
we can't make a condemnation on on someone or okay. we also can't make a we can't set anyone free right okay only the holy spirit can do that only the lord can do that right um but i guess with what you just said i would say i guess we are called more to assess because we can't assess we can't live life without assessing stuff right you know so something that i heard um i don't know where i heard this actually but um so, like, if you look at judge, the word judge, when we think of that in our context today, we have somebody that is called a judge. And what's their job? Like, the role of a judge, what do they do? They execute justice. Okay, in what way? By looking at the case before them and determining whether or not, determining what the best line of, what the best action would be for justice to be served. Based on if the person is what? Innocent or guilty. Yeah. So they pronounce guilt. Right. And innocence. Right. Right. Um, so for us, when when the Bible tells us judge not lest you be judged, like we cannot judge somebody. Mm-hmm. That role is taken. Right. We don't know people's hearts. We don't know their motives. And so like what you said in their episode, I agree uh, with that statement. I can't look at somebody and say that person is living this X, Y, Z lifestyle, whatever that may be. And therefore I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to show them love. I'm not going to share the gospel with them. Like in my eyes, that person is condemned, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's, I've invited this person to church 20 times and they've shot me down, or, uh, I'm not going to go to this person's business because they're not a believer or, whatever it is, you know? Um, so we can't do that. We're not called to do that and and we can't. Um, but what we are called to be is more like a lawyer, Mm. you know, or an attorney. We are called to present facts to people, um, and, and help them, I guess, make, not make the right decision. But so like, if you, are in sin or if i see andrew's doing this then i can go to andrew and say hey andrew as somebody whose job it is to study the law and to know the law what you're doing is breaking the law Mm -hmm. and here's the fine for that you know um so we can do that but we're not doing that just to be annoying we're doing that to be loving Right. So, like, if I genuinely care for you and I see, wow, Andrew is doing something that is illegal um, and you don't know that it's illegal, then I can go to you and say, hey, Andrew, uh, I noticed that you've been going 110 miles an hour in this 35 school zone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to remind you that that's against the law and it's against the law because you're not only endangering yourself but other people. Like, yeah. you could hurt somebody. You know, uh, and so I go and I tell you that not because I'm a know-it-all or not because I, I'm trying to be no- annoying to you, but because I love you and love others. I want to uh, bring forth the law to you so that you know it and are safe. Yeah, that's kind of the role of a Christian. We're to study God's word, to know God's word, and to know the law, but then also know the consequences of those that break the law, and then to call people to repentance from where they're breaking God's law. Right. And, and so that is different than judging. So when I was having that conversation, uh, with that girl the other day, that's what we were talking about. I was saying, um, you know, me coming to you and, and, and talking is, is not me just being this judging con condent condescending condemning. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> this judging condemning person. Uh, I'm doing it because I genuinely love you and care for you. Right. I, I I want to see um, I want to see you follow God's law and be safe and all of that. Um, so when we're talking about judging, uh, I, I think it's it's important to make that distinction that condemning somebody and treating them as though they are condemned is wrong. We're not called to that. We are called to love people. Um, Mm. But 
condemning them is different than being that attorney and knowing the law and then going to people and saying, here's the law, here's how you're breaking it. Right. And want to make sure that you're aware of that. And I want to tell you that because I love you. Yeah. Now, I, I think that there too are, uh, so one of the points, I don't remember if it was Stacy or Brooke, but one of the people, maybe Chad, um, but they were saying how Christians can be some of the most um, divisive and, and mean people, you know? Uh, and, and so I think there needs to be a distinction too, which is the distinction that we made in last week's episode or this past Wednesday, the episode that we put out. Um, there's a difference between somebody who claims to be a Christian and somebody who has been transformed by the gospel. Right. And, and that's what we're talking about is these people that are transformed by the gospel. We are going to, by nature, love others because Christ has loved us. Mm -hmm. If Christ has taken our heart of stone and he's given us a heart of flesh, he's also going to give us a love for people, whether they're saved or not saved because Christ loved us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And right. he's calling us to love others as well. And and so I think there are a lot of people that claim to be a Christian that haven't been transformed by the gospel, and they can be very, uh, they're just religious people, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and those people can be very divisive, and those people can be very uh, judgmental, and those people can be very harsh, you know? If you look at Christ, and when Christ was here, some of the people that Christ had the biggest uh, pushback from was the religious people of the day. Right. And if you look at any pastor in history or any person that the Lord's used in history, uh, the majority of the time, the pushback that they're getting aren't from lost people. Mm -hmm. It's from religious people of the day. Um, religious people can be very violent. They can be very mean. They can be very hateful. So that we're not just talking about religious people. What we're talking about is transform people who have right. been transformed by the gospel. Well, and, you know, when, when you look at uh, the passage of Scripture that that particular phrase comes from, Matthew 7, mm -hmm. you know, it says, Judge not that you, that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce will you be judged, and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. And then it says, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and when there is a log in your own eye, you hypocrite? First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother eye, brother's eye. And what, what we're saying is that you need to be trans— being transformed by the gospel is taking that log out of your eye. Right. It is the, th it is the thing— that gives you clarity to be able to see. Because what does Jesus say? He doesn't say, just leave the speck in your brother's eye. Right. It doesn't say, take the log out of your own eye and then walk away. It says, take the log out of your own eye and then you'll see so clearly to take the speck out of your brother's exactly. eye. And that's the difference, right? We're not, we're not wanting to... Because if we leave the speck in our brother's eye, <laughs> when we can clearly see it, and we'll get into this a little later, but that's not... It's not loving, right. you know? Um, so, yeah. So to their point, I, their, so episode one, 199 of their podcast is take the plank out of your own eye. Right. That needs to be the first thing that happens. Right. We, we have a lot of people that are confessing to be Christians that have these huge planks in their eye. Mm -hmm. And the only reason they can see a speck in their brother's eye is because they know the signs of that. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, so I can see that this person is whatever sin we want to say, but I, the reason that I can see that is because I have that same sin in my life, you know? And, and so because I feel guilty of that sin or a struggle or whatever it is in my life, I'm going to go and try to make this person's life miserable and make them feel bad for it mm -hmm. because I haven't repented of that. You know, so absolutely, we 100% agree, the plank has to be taken out of our eye. That's right. But then once the gospel does that, we're then called to help our brother get the speck out of his eye. Right. And, uh, and so we just kind of wanted to make that distinction is that um, 
we should not be judging. We should not be going to people and being that clanging symbol, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we should, in love, go to people and be those. We're to be attorneys. We're to know God's law and to know the punishments of God's law. And when we see people breaking God's law, we should, in love, go to them and make sure that they know this is God's law. This is how you're breaking it. This is the punishment for that. Mm-hmm. We want to call you to repent for that. We want to call you to turn from that. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my first point. The, the second thing that I wanted to talk about was um, something that Blake was talking about. And I think it was kind of a raw thought for him, something that he was kind of working and processing through. But who is the gospel for? And this isn't the way that it was, it was worded, but ultimately what we're talking about is um, who is the gospel for? Who are we to call to repentance? Should we as Christians be calling somebody who, who is an atheist, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if I confess that I am an atheist, uh, I don't believe in the Bible, don't believe in God. Um, should you be that lawyer with me? Mm-hmm. Should you go to me and say, hey, here's what God's word says. And um, I've noticed that you're living this lifestyle, whether right. it's a lifestyle of homosexuality or a lifestyle of pornography addiction or a lifestyle of gluttony or a li- whatever it is. Should we as Christians go to non-believers and say, here's what the Bible says, you need to repent and you need to make that right? Right. Yes. And and I think, you know, one of the things that they were saying, and I can't remember who it was, it was one of the one of the women, but she was saying, you know, I need the gospel every day. And I would absolutely agree with that. We yeah. as believers need the gospel because ultimately that is our hope. That is what we're clinging to. We need to just remind ourselves constantly, renew our minds in the word and remind ourselves that we have no business standing before the Father apart from the blood of Christ who has covered all of our sins. That's what draws us to him. That's what draws us to abide in him. That's what draws us to his word, to his law. So yes, we need that as believers. However, lost people need the gospel because the gospel is the power of God into salvation. It's we can, we can. So, so one of the things that was talked about was, I think it's in Matthew five, right? Being salt and light. Okay. Um, so, you know, it says, "You're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how will its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet." It says, "You are the light. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden." nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So I think someone in the podcast, and I think it may have been the same the same person who was talking about this, but I don't remember, um, was saying like, what if we lived out our lives in such a way that we are salt and light in people's lives so that they would see our works and want to turn to Christ? And I would say, yes, but at the end of the day, it's the gospel that is the power of God into salvation. So Matthew 5 is saying, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world because we know truth. We know the one who created the earth. We know the one who created culture. We know the one who created music. We know the one who created stories. And so we ought to be producing the best of those things. We are the ones to give the earth its saltiness and we are the ones that actually know truth so we can share truth with the world in all different ways. And through that, through people seeing what we're doing and saying, man, that's really good, they're giving God glory for that because ultimately we are just showing what God has already taught us, right? Um, but I would say that that is a different than sharing the gospel because what the gospel is, is it's a call to die with Christ. It's a call to, to say, you know, I am a wretched sinner born in my sin and dead in my sins and trespasses, and I need to be born again, 
right? I right. need to die with Christ so that I might be raised to life with Christ. And that is what saves, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's kind of what we touched on last week too, where when we understand the gospel, the word used there is evangelion, which means good news, mm-hmm. right? And so part of the gospel and a, a very primary part of the gospel is soteria, which means salvation, right? So part of the gospel is that Christ has personally saved me. He saved me from the wages of sin, which is death, and he's given me the gift of God, which is eternal right, eternal life. So what I started off in Romans 3 reading is, is saying that, that I'm made righteous through faith in God. Um, but now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there's no distinction for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And so what we're saying is that while part of the gospel is for our salvation, Mm -hmm. the, the, the other part of the gospel is that God through Christ is restoring everything that Adam cursed. So Adam, when he sins, Adam brings death, Adam brings curse, Adam brings all of that by sinning against God. Jesus is restoring all of it. So to go with what you were saying, us as Christians, we should be impacting all areas of life, whether that's through story, whether that's through uh our profession, whether that's through all these different things, we should be being light and salt. But while we're doing that, we're also pointing to Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the great commission in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. So the going is part of it, but what are we going to do we're going for the purpose of baptizing and teaching people to obey all that God's commanded. That's submission to authority. Mm-hmm. And to do that, there's a calling people to repentance. That's a part of that. And, and so the gospel is, yes, for believers, but we are called to take that truth that changes my life, and we're called to present that to the lost and dying world. Um, when I was listening, there's... A, there's an analogy that Doug Wilson gave. And what he was saying was, let's say that we've got this guy and we're going to call him Andrew. So we got this guy, Andrew, and he's got a gun and he is walking down the street and people that he comes up to pulls out the gun, says, give me all your money right now, or I'm going to shoot you. So as you're walking down the street, you pull out your gun, give me all your money or I'm going to shoot you. The first person freaks out when they see the gun, they give you all their money. You go up to the second person, and then that person says, um, you know, you, you pull out your gun, point it in their face, give me all your money or I'm going to shoot you. And that person starts laughing and says, um, you, say, you look at them and you say, why are you laughing? And that person says, well, I don't believe in guns. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't know you didn't believe in guns. And then you put the gun away and you walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, that analogy is something that I've talked to the youth about uh, when I, I'm a youth pastor. And one of the things I talk to the youth about is why do you not share the gospel as much at school? And one of the things that they say a lot is, well, I don't know how to bring up the gospel to people that don't believe in the Bible. If, if they're an atheist and they don't believe in the Bible, then I don't know how to bring it up. And, uh, I don't want to be offensive or I don't want to, um, you know, tell somebody, well, am I just going to quote scripture to somebody that doesn't believe that that's God's word? And, and so I've used that example with them a lot because that's what we're doing when we go to somebody and we're presenting to them the power of God into salvation. But then they say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. And then we say, oh, okay, well, let's use this other means to talk about God. Let's talk about God through science, or let's talk about God through this, or let's talk about God through that. 
the power of God to salvation is the gospel, the good news that Christ has came to restore all that Adam destroyed. And whether somebody believes in it or not doesn't matter. Just like in that scenario of you with the gun, all that that proves when you put the gun away, you put the gun in somebody's face and they say, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in guns. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. You put the gun away. That doesn't speak anything to them. That speaks to you. It's saying that you don't believe in the gun. Mm -hmm. You don't believe that the gun can do what you thought it could do or you wouldn't have put it away. It doesn't matter what the other person believes. And so that's the same thing with people when it comes to us proclaiming the good news of Christ to a lost and dying world. If we tell somebody about Jesus and they say, I don't believe in God, and then we say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, and we talk about something else, we don't believe in the power of God to salvation being the gospel. You know, Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of my pushback is, do we truly believe that the gospel is the power of God into salvation? And do we believe that those people that don't put their faith in Christ are dying and going to hell? Because if we do believe that, then that's going to push us to our last point that I kind of wanted to talk about. And that is, what is love? (laughs) What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more, man. Can you tell that I've had? It's the allergies, man. Yeah, it's allergies. (laughs) Normally, I hit that note perfectly. Yeah. So, what is love? And I think that this is a great question because this goes in with everything that we've been talking about. Um, Is acceptance love? No. No. So, like, specifically right now, talking about the LGBTQ plus movement, mm-hmm. uh, the call is that we need to accept, and that's how we can best love them, right? Right. So would you agree with that, or would you disagree? Why or why not? No, I would I would disagree with that because, and, and I want to, there's an analogy that you bring up, too, a lot but if someone's got cancer, you know, you don't want to, and, and you know they've got cancer, but they don't know they have cancer. What are you going to do? Are you just going to let them die with that cancer? Right. You know? So or if I'm gonna, a, what is that guy called? A doctor of skin. Dermatologist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. So if uh, I'm a dermatologist, though, yeah. and you come in, and I'm looking at you, and I see on your back, and I'm like, huh, that's a funny-looking mole. And, mm-hmm. uh, and based on my training knowledge and experience i know that what you've got is cancer but i have a conversation in my head and i say you know what if i tell andrew that he's got cancer on his back it's going to ruin his day it's going to be an awkward conversation and it's going to probably make him mad right Mm -hmm. so because of that i don't want to make him mad i don't want to ruin his day and um i don't want to be the bearer of bad news so i'm just not going to tell him i'm going to I'm going to love him and I'm going to say, yeah, man, everything looks good. You're, you're healthy as a horse. Mm-hmm. See you next time. Um, that's not loving. Mm-hmm. That's the complete opposite of loving. For me as a parent, uh, this has really struck home with me because there's things that I have to do and there's times that I have to discipline my kids not because I want to be mean to them but because I truly love them. Mm-hmm. I see actions that are fruit of selfishness or I see actions that are fruit of sinfulness and I have to uh, bring those actions up to them and help them see what they are. And then if I continue to see those, I punish them for that because what I'm wanting is kids that love the Lord and kids that are desiring to do right because that's what they're called to do, not just because I'm making them, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and so I discipline my kids because I love them. Um, same thing, if I see that as a doctor, I see cancer, I'm going to tell you because I love you and I want you to be taking the, the right course of action to get rid of that cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a prime example with the LGBT community. Um, I agree 100% that people that profess to be Christians do not do a great job of reaching the LGBTQ community with the truth of the gospel. We like to condemn, but we don't like to love. Mm -hmm. And 
what makes that doctor good is that they can, because I care for you and I'm doing this job because I love people, I want to be able to assess this thing that's killing you. And I want to show you how to correct that. Right. So it might need, we need to immediately to have surgery and we're going to dig deep and we're going to cut a lot of stuff out and it's going to hurt. But ultimately that's going to save you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, if I love somebody, I need to be able to show them, here's what you're doing. Here's what God's law says. These actions, God speaks to that. And he says that we're going to have these actions and these thoughts, or we're going to do these certain things. But all that that shows is that there is some stuff in our heart that needs to be cut out. There's pride. There's, you know, thing, self-worship, self-idolatry. There's all these different things. And it's not saying that I'm better than you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because sin is sin. God hates all sin equally. But one thing that I will mention is while God hates sin, it's not sin that he puts in hell. It's sinners. Mm -hmm. God puts sinners in hell. And the only difference between people in hell and people in heaven is not that these people sin more than those people. It's that these people's sins were atoned for right. in Christ. And so all people the, the passage that I read, it tells us no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together, and they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. That is all people. We all stand condemned before Christ, before God the Father. We all stand condemned. We're all sinners. The only difference between somebody that's in heaven and somebody that's in hell is that when God looks at me, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees his son and his son's purity and his son's innocence and his son's righteousness. Mm -hmm. He doesn't see Matt the sinner. He doesn't see all the filthy things that I have said or done or thought. Yeah. He sees the purity and the holiness of Christ and his blood that covers me. That is 100% the only difference. And that's what we as Christians are trying to take to the lost and dying world mm -hmm. is you don't have to be better. You have to be a new creation. And the right. only way that you can do that is by putting your faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. So uh, a good example of that is when the people are in the wilderness and all of these serpents come and they start biting all the people and Moses goes to the God, goes to God and says, what do I do? And he says, I want you to make a bronze serpent and I want you to raise the serpent up. And whoever takes their eyes off of the snakes and looks to that bronze statue that you made, they'll be saved. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to do. We have to look to Christ who has put himself as a curse on a tree for us. And those of us that look to him in faith that it will save us, we're covered in his blood. And those of us that are so worried about the things around us and we're distracted by everything going on around us, whether it's in culture or whether it's been COVID or whether it's been what's going on in with Russia and Ukraine. Um, if those things are distracting us, then we're going to be killed by all of those things. The sin of this world is going to kill us. Mm -hmm. But if our faith is in Christ and we're looking to him as the author and finisher of our faith, then when God sees us, God the Father sees us, we stand innocent and pure because Christ has taken our sin and he's given us his righteousness and right. his holiness. And so that's kind of my biggest thing is for us, our call is to love people, but to biblically love them, not just love them in a way that culture is defined as loving, but to genuinely love them in a way that ultimately saves them from mm -hmm. themselves. Right. And, uh, and so one of my biggest things with how the cultures define love is there's no room for calling people to repentance anymore. Mm -hmm. And if we're not calling people to repentance, we're not loving them Yeah, because then we're just letting them go on in their sin. So if I go to somebody and I say, Hey, Jesus loves you and he wants you to follow him. You don't have to repent of your sin. You don't even have to really turn from your sin because we're, we're going to all struggle in sin. Um, then I'm not loving them because I'm not calling them to repentance, mm -hmm. which is what we have to do. Once Christ has given us a new heart, 
the call is to repentance. If you look at the woman at the well, if you look at all these different things, um, Jesus said, I know that you've been in this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I know that you've been sinning. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Like, I have forgiven you. Now follow me. Mm -hmm. Get rid of your past. Get rid of these things that you're holding on to. Turn from that and now follow me. Mm -hmm. And so that could be a transgender lifestyle. That could be a homosexual lifestyle. That could be an addiction to alcohol or an addiction to pills or an addiction to pornography or an addiction to whatever it is, you know, um, the call to follow Christ is to turn from these things that we've been enslaved to and to look to Christ as the author and finisher of our faith and follow him and know that he has made us righteous. Now, as a Christian, I'm still going to sin. I'm still going to fall. I'm not perfect. I'm going to continue to battle with the flesh until I die. And then I'm, I no longer have to battle with the flesh anymore, mm-hmm. you know, but the difference is I'm now covered in the blood of Christ. Right. So if you look back in the old Testament, when the people were in Egypt, those who put the blood on the door are the ones that the angel of death passed over. Mm-hmm. Anybody who didn't put the blood on the door, their firstborn son died. Mm-hmm. That's humanity. Now, those of us that trust the Bible enough to put the blood of Christ over the door of our lives will be, passed over on judgment day we are being saved by the gospel we're being saved by our faith that we've put into christ but those of us that don't we're going to die and we're going to stand before the lord and we will be condemned because of our sin and so our sin makes us a sinner the fact that i lie makes me a liar the fact that i kill one person makes me a murderer you know Mm -hmm. if i stand before a judge and the judge says hey matt you killed this person. And I say, yes, judge, I did. But it was the first time I've ever killed anybody and I'm never going to kill anybody again. I promise you. Can you let me go? Because that judge is just, they have to find me guilty of murder. Mm -hmm. And I am now a murderer. Even though I've only murdered one time, I'm still a murderer. My sin is what makes me a murderer. You know what I mean? Right. And so, um, so if I've lied one time, I am a liar because that is something that I've chosen to do. And that sin does condemn me. Like people are the ones that go to hell, not our sin. Mm -hmm. So God's not putting all murder and all lies and all, you know, all of these sins in hell. He's putting the people that commit those sins in hell because they've rejected God, the father. Right. And he can't be in their presence. But that's the importance of the gospel is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Mm -hmm. those of us that put our faith in him are forgiven of our sin because Christ has already paid that price. Mm -hmm. Now, if we don't put our faith in him, we have to pay that price. Right. You know? And so that's kind of just what I wanted to clarify is what is biblical love and why does that call us to share the gospel with the lost? And why does that call us to be that attorney for the Bible. Mm-hmm. We need to know God's law and we need to be calling people to repentance because we genuinely love them and genuinely care for them. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I thought of too, kind of it's funny you mentioned the woman at the well. That's what I was going to, you know, go to. Well, you know, Jesus did. He came and he had a lot to say to the religious leaders of the day. He had a lot to say to them. Um, you know, he... He did. He had a ton and it was not good. But, um, and yes, he did call, he did, you know, dine with the sinners, right? Yeah. He hung out with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the, you know, all these people who were in Zacchaeus. sin. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Um, but we see two things. We see in John 3 and in John 4, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in John 3 Nicodemus was like the teacher of Israel of of Jerusalem there. He was like really he was like way up there as far as like the Sanhedrin goes and all that stuff. Yeah, he's a big religious guy of the day. Yeah. And what does Jesus do? He's explaining to him this mystery of being born again. And well, and his question, Nicodemus's question was, What must I do to be saved? Right. 
So Jesus like he, goes straight he to give, the heart. But he gives Jesus like this softball pitch. And right. Here, knock this out of the park. Right. What do I do to be saved? It wasn't say this prayer and do this and that. Right. You know. It was you must be born again. Right. Jesus goes straight for the heart. He is addressing the matter of Nicodemus's heart. Yeah. He's addressing the situation. He's saying, Nicodemus, you're not born again. You must be born again or else you will not see the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That heart of stone has not been made heart of flesh. That's right. And so now then he in John 4 is talking to the woman at the well. And what did he say to her? Well, he's, she asks him, how can I get this living water? It's a, right. almost the same type of conversation. How can I get this living water that you promise to people, to me? Yeah. Well, he goes straight for her heart. He says, well, go and get your husband. She says, well, I have a husband. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, yeah, you don't have a husband. You had five in the past <laughs> and, and you're not married to this guy right now, yeah. you know? And so Jesus, yes, he did. He, he um, had a lot to say to religious people. He did call Matthew, the tax collector, to, to be a disciple, but he called everybody to repentance. Yeah. He called them all to repentance. He called the religious people to repentance. He called the tax collectors to repentance. He called the woman at the well to repentance. He called Mary Magdalene to repentance. He he did. He called all these people to repentance. But that's the that's the thing though. He saw them in their sin. And that's where while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right. Yeah. Our sin is no no sin outruns the grace of God. Right. But ultimately repentance has got to take place. The matter of the yeah. heart is the heart of the matter. And that's what we see in both John 3 and John 4 with a religious man and a woman at the well who has been living this, you know, crazy lifestyle, yeah. you know, so. Right. And and so I think to that point too, like the religious people, there was a lot of woe to use right. for them because they were secure in their quote unquote religion. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the lost people, those that were just non-religious or apostate, you know, mm -hmm. um, those are the ones that Christ spent a lot of time with, and they were seeking healing. Right. They knew that what they were doing and the life they were living wasn't adding up and making sense, you mm -hmm. know. And so, like the woman at the well, she repented of her sin and she followed him. Right. Um, and, and so, yes, we need to love sinners. We need to love lost people. We need to love people that not only don't look like us, but don't act like us or think like us or talk like us. Mm -hmm. We need to love them with the truth of the gospel, but we need to biblically love them. And that is caring enough for them to call them to repent of mm -hmm. sin. And, and we should be doing that lovingly, not as this clinging symbol. Right. You know? Because we want them to be restored. We yes. want restoration. Yeah. We don't want just, if our heart is just to prove that, the way they're living is not biblical. Well, then we, we're we're we are a clanging symbol. You might right? as well be a transgender person that's on Fox News trying to get people to be right more um, conservative. Conservative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's it's just a clanging symbol, noiseless gong. Right. But but that doesn't mean that <laughs> that doesn't mean that the call to repentance still is not important. Right. Because right. that is loving, you know, that is loving them, yeah. you know, so, but. Yeah, so uh, I, I think, I think that's what I got for today. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is a good conversation, and I think that there's a lot of people that can use this conversation, and I hope that mm -hmm. this spurs further conversation, because we don't want to judge. Um, we can't do that. There is one judge and he is a holy and righteous judge. Um, but because we love people, uh, we love them the way that Christ loves us. And while mm -hmm. we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we also need to love people that are lost mm -hmm. because Christ has first loved us while we were lost. So, mm -hmm. um, Chad, if you're still listening, we love you. We appreciate what you guys are doing. And I hope that this does spur on more of a conversation. Uh, I've been, you know, I, I like what the Lord's doing and moving and working in your life. Yeah. But um, I think there are some points where we can sharpen each other. Mm -hmm. And we all have blind spots or areas that 
we're stronger in. And that's the purpose of us being a body is um, one member of the body is not going to be good at all things. We, we are good at this specific thing that God's created us to do. But then having that, uh, that family or that people to come around us is what makes us more well-rounded and, yeah. and be the body of Christ together. And we also hope that we didn't misrepresent. We tried our best not to misrepresent anything too. Yeah. So if we did that, we're <laughs> apologize for that. And I'm going to link, uh, three or seven podcasts in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, go and check them out. They are doing really great things. And, uh, I fully support and endorse what they have going on over there. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are still here, we love y'all. Hope that you're having a good Lord's Day. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.